This podcast is sponsored by Cetera, makers of Checkmate and Puffer. Trust America's most popular brand of mating disruption as part of your IPM program. Welcome to My Ag Life, where we cover your world in agriculture. This podcast is powered by your top publications in the industry, West Coast Nut, Progressive Crop Consultant, and Organic Farmer Magazines. Here is your host, Jason Scott, publisher and CEO. Welcome to My Ag Life. It's my pleasure to welcome Teresa Keen, the new acting president and CEO of AgSafe, a nonprofit organization that provides training, education, and outreach on safety, labor relations, food safety, and human resources for the farming industry. Welcome, Teresa. Thank you for inviting me. It's great to be here. Congratulations on having been recently named the acting CEO and president of AgSafe. Tell us uh, about yourself and AgSafe. Oh, I'd be delighted to. So um, my roots are in the Central Valley. Um, I grew up and worked on my family's farm in Ceres, which is just south of Modesto, um, the big town of Ceres. Um, and I worked on there beginning like at the age of six, all the way up through college, um, picking, I picked stone fruit, uh, I packed peaches. Um, I even went to farmer's markets when it wasn't the cool thing to do and people didn't know the difference between a flea market and a farmer's market. Um, and I did that all the way through college, but um, wow. it, uh, yeah, it paid off. I learned what hard work was, how to work with family and uh, just gave me a really good perspective of um, what we do in ag. And um, my professional background though, strangely enough, um, is working in nonprofits. Um, I've only had uh, worked for two organizations uh, throughout my professional career in the last 20 years. Um, and I've been really fortunate in that they've um, all involved agriculture. So I've been with AgSafe uh, for 11 years now. Um, I had been really running in the background, helping to develop programs, uh, work on grant writing, um, working with the team, and just kind of getting to know the world of um, human resource leadership training. And it's been a really fantastic time. Um, so I'm really grateful to be here at AgSafe and um, to be providing this incredible um, opportunity for um, us to um, learn more about um, our essential workforce. So for those that don't know about AgSafe, um, we um, essentially, it's, uh, we provide occupational safety and tr health training to the ag industry. Um, we have been in business um, operating as a nonprofit for the last 30 years. Next year is our birthday. So we're excited Happy to- Happy birthday. Thank you. We're excited to hit that milestone. Um, and we do everything from heat illness prevention to tractor training, forklift safety. Um, we have also do HR. So we touch on sexual harassment prevention, wage and hour issues that sometimes can get sticky and confusing. Um, and we also do leadership training and teach people how to, you know, manage crews, um, how to communicate, um, what do you do when there's a conflict? And so we really look at our essential workforce and focus in on the people and try to make sure that ag is a safe place for people to work. That's great. What amazing work. So the COVID pandemic has had significant impact on how farmers and handlers manage labor in their operations. Can you outline some of the recent rules and regulations intended to provide COVID safeguards and what those new standards mean to the ag industry? 
Oh, Jason, there's so many things have changed uh, with ag and as with all of our lives. So it's COVID has really made us rethink how we do everything. And so it's made us all take a step back and think about our policies and our practices and give them a refresh and a redo. Um, so there, there have been a lot of new regulations and, but the, the areas I want us to focus in on are around your, first of all, you need to have a COVID IIPP plan for your operation where it like outlines everything that you do and how you are going to do it, knowing um, everything that needs to be done around COVID. So rethinking your heat illness prevention plan. So knowing that you need to provide breaks to your employees for shade, now you probably need to provide a couple extra pop-ups, right? Because people are now socially distancing. And so now people are six feet apart. Um, you probably need also to think about how you do your water distribution. So not everybody's going up to the spigot, the water, water cooler and uh, touching, touching those things. So being aware of that. Um, also thinking about sanitation. How often are you sanitizing all your equipment? Think about your tractors, like forklifts, um, your restrooms. How often are those getting a clean and making sure that you've thought about that? Perhaps also adding in a couple more hand washing stations as well, um, because we really wanna encourage people to wash their hands as much as possible. Um, another thing that's come up is night work. Um, so um, oh, there's yes. a new night work standard. Um, so um, now that we've got to have lighting, um, do you have enough light for people to socially distance? So, um, and then the other, the other couple ones that I just want to focus in on, we also had the wildfire smoke protection as well. So what masks are people wearing? Um, how long should they be wearing them? Um, and just again, giving everything from, you know, heat illness prevention to your hiring practice, giving that a once over and, and thinking about that. Next, I want to make sure that every everybody remembers once you have those programs and policies in place, you've got your management and your supervisors all on the same page is that you do lots and lots of training. Uh, it's imperative that you talk about signs and symptoms, what happens if somebody is not feeling well, um, transportation, are, are people coming in and carpooling into your operation? What kinds of things do they need to be thinking about? Um, at, when you're doing paperwork, how, um, what does that look like? So just making sure that you are training your employees um, and not that you just do it once. We want you to be training them often. I want them to know that um, you understand what, what's happening with COVID. You want them to be safe and uh, you wanna keep a safe work environment. And so making sure that you have that constant messaging is really, really critical. Other thing that's really, really critical is that you're also telling your employees about their paid sick leave options. It's important that you under, they understand that they have paid time off if they do contract COVID. Now there are a couple of different, um, if you have um, less than 500 employees, you fit under one bucket. And if you have more than 500 employees in California, fit in another bucket. So um, I'm going to encourage you all to go to the AgSafe website. So agsafe.org, we've got lots of checklists. Go check out the paid sick leave, figure out where you belong. And if you have questions, you let us know. Um, and then the final thing is um, thinking about your engineering controls as well within your operation. 
So are you able to put people more than six feet apart in doing their operations? Can you stagger breaks? So um, just again, thinking about all the ways that you can do um, to minimize um, lots of contact. We're also trying to make sure that we, we're keeping, if we've got people in groups that are working in groups, um, working on crews, keep them together. Don't, now's not the time to be switching up crews and um, changing up your processes. Keep them in the same group and that way it's easier to track as well. So just think about your engineering controls and whatever you can put in to separate people, keep uh, contact at a minimum and um, just to keep people safe. Great advice. Yeah, yeah. what other, what other, tips and tools? Oh, oh, well, there's a couple other things. So there's some um, new legislation that came out and it is in um, the, uh, the West Coast Nut article this month. So All I'm excited. Right. Um, and it's legislation around workers' compensation. So that's my other piece. Um, so um, the workers' compensation bill, SB 1159. So I want to make sure that everybody remembers that um, this is effective essentially July 6th through January of 2023. Um, and it applies to workers that have worked outside of their home and are under the control of their employer. So I feel like ag, this is where we fit. Um, within 30 days, the employee has had a, a positive test or a diagnosis of COVID. And the test is in within 14 day window of when the employee last worked. Um, the important piece here is that these claims, this happens really fast. Decisions are made really, really quickly. They got a 30 day window. So you need to report, if you have an employee that's tested positive for COVID, you need to report that right away to your workers comp carrier. Um, the other thing is that um, you will report it even if the claim is not, you don't know if it's work related or not. So if, if the workers comp carrier deems that it was not work related, fine. But um, if you, you don't make that judgment, you go ahead and you report it to your workers comp carrier. So that's, that's another important piece to remember. Um, if you have a worker that did go and get tested for COVID and the test came back negative, you don't need to report it. So keep that in mind around SB 1159 and workers compensation. It's going to be here for a while. We've got it again until January of 2023. So at least another two and a quarter years um, of this. So make sure that you are talking to your workers' compensation carrier and um, staying in communication with them. Woo, okay, here's one more. <laughs> the other one is AB 685. And this is really a legislation that goes towards transparency in regards to COVID-19 reporting. Um, this law creates some new requirements for employees to notify their employees and any other relevant unions or if you have contractors that you work with that you are um, reporting to them any COVID-19 cases. Um, and, and if there is an outbreak as well, um, that you are reporting that to your local health department. Um, we've got a great checklist that was provided by Barsamia Moody on our website. So go there and just look for all the additional requirements. There's a list, um, but you wanna make sure that you are doing your employee training, making sure that you've got somebody that's identified as the person that people would report to. Um, again, you're providing additional training for your workforce. And then, um, you know, making sure that you are doing the appropriate agency reporting as well. 
Teresa, great information. A lot to unpack there, but super beneficial. Uh, again, um, just, just a lot of great things we need to be thinking about as uh, ag professionals and businesses in California. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Cetera is proud to introduce the most durable puffer yet. The patented new design is faster to deploy and delivers the highest quality pest control pheromone all season long. Trusted on more acres than any other mating disruption aerosol in the world, Cetera's dependable puffer is improving every season. Just like the growers we serve. Choose Sutera, the number one choice of PCAs. Hi, we're back. We are talking with Teresa, and Teresa is CEO of AgSafe. And so my next question, Teresa, is you've been giving us a lot of great information on laws and regulations. Are there any upcoming legislative changes related to labor that may be in the pipeline? And how do those new rules change how growers do business? Well, we got a couple other things that are coming up as well. Um, so I also wanna um, put out a reminder that um, uh, employers need to make sure that their uh, employees have been trained in the one hour sexual harassment prevention training. So um, make sure that you have that done before January and that you have also done all the, again, with training, it's about training, but then it's also about documentation. So making sure your employees, you get that documentation that your employees have done that one hour training. So that's that's really critical as well. Also, there was the CalSAVERS um, uh, uh, retirement savings plan. You also need to make sure that your employees have enrolled, um, that you have enrolled your employees into a retirement savings, and that needed to be done in September of this year. So if you haven't done it already, make sure you go and do it. Um, if you need some additional resources on that, go to agsafe.org, and we've got some. Uh, we've got a great training um, that was provided by um, one of our agency friends that provided some information around cow savers and all the things that you need to be doing. Great. I understand you're working with the Almond Board to do some training and have also received uh, a grant for workforce development training focusing on the nut industry. Would you like to tell us more about that? I would be delighted to. So this August, we started a partnership with the Almond Board to do some um, employee training. And I'm excited about what we've got coming up. We've got a great pesticide um, webinar that will be happening in December and January. So if you need some continuing education credits for your DPR license, you'll wanna make sure you sign up for that. We're also doing a pesticide handler train the trainer course in collaboration with uh, Almond Board. And then finally, we're providing, um, we created a nut safety school. So everything that you need to know about working in the nut industry in terms of safe practices, this would be definitely a, a place for you. Um, and then we also were uh, recently awarded a grant through the Specialty Crop Block Grant um, for 2020. And uh, we're thrilled about this because it gives us some new opportunities to really focus in on workforce development. Everything that we're hearing from the nut industry, you're all telling us that you need more people that are trained and ready to go. So we heard you loud and clear and partnered with the Stanislaus County Office of Education and Opportunity Stanislaus here in Modesto to deliver a four-part series to students who are getting their GED. And along with that training, what we're providing them is forklift operator training, 
We are also doing the uh, produce safety rule the, uh, through FISMA, giving them that certificate. We are doing some career readiness workshops, teaching them how to write a resume. What are the things you need to do when you first get a job? What's a, what does a good interview look like and what does a good employee look like? So giving them some really life, life skills as well. And then the one thing that I'm really excited about is that we're gonna do some specific nut training around uh, optical sorters and getting them trained in that as well. So. Our hope is that after this training, we're going to have 200 individuals that are going to come out of this with some new skills and ready to get to work. And I'm hoping that some of them make them into the net industry. Wow, that's amazing. That, what a great service. Uh, is there anything else that you think our readers in the net industry should be aware of related to labor, food safety, or other issues? Well, you know, um, just as we're starting to wind, we're starting to wind down a little bit in that industry. Things are still going on, but I want to make sure that everybody remembers, you know, uh, fall and leading into December is a great time to just take a look at your policies and your programs um, as you have a moment to breathe. Look and see if things need a refresh, um, especially with COVID. Um, do you now have some of your employees that are remote? And do you need to maybe take a look at that employee handbook? So right now, the, the late fall and early winter is a great time just to give everything a refresh, a, a second look. Um, does your IIPP need some um, uh, additional resources? Um, do you need to get some of your employees trained? Do you have um, your first aid responders? Um, and so just again, just giving everything a quick look and um, some updates, that's time well spent. Any insights for those with this whole COVID situation, many of us have had to go to remote employment. Any um, best practices that you could recommend for operation, ag operations out there for remote employees? You mentioned handbooks and updating that. Right, right. Is there right. anything specific you had in mind? Well, you know, um, as we have gone through it here at AgSafe as well, um, for, excuse me, in beginning in March, um, we all went uh, to working remote. And I think the lessons learned that we found through that, um, that time was communications key, making sure that you're checking in with your employees on a regular basis, seeing how they're doing. Um, you know, COVID has taken an emotional toll on everyone. And so, yeah. especially as folks who are trying to balance families and kids in school, um, just, you know, having to, that constant communication is really key. Additionally, we found that we needed to update our employee handbook. We didn't have any uh, policies around really remote working and what that looked like. And so needed to take some things that we had already had in terms of working in the workplace and making sure that we had a section on that. You also might wanna just make sure that you've got um, good wage and hour information in there as well, like making sure that how people are reporting their time. So just kind of going through your process of what you were doing um, you know, in the office and does it transfer to working from home? So just some things to think about. Great advice, great counsel. Um, a pleasure talking with you, Teresa. Thank you so much for all that you do for our industry. And thanks for sharing all this great information and what a resource. Um, give us that website one more time so people, sure. I feel like I need to talk to you after this meeting and ask you 20 questions about employment. So what, where can people call you guys? Oh, how, how can they get some help from a great absolutely. organization like AgSafe? 
Yeah, so um, it's agsafe.org, so A-G-S-A-F-E.org, or call us 209-526-4400. We are here to help. If you reach out to us, we want to make sure that we're providing you with some resources and, and just helping you along the way. That's what we're here for. All Thank right. You. Thank you so much, Teresa. This is Jason Scott reporting for My Ag Life. Thanks for listening. Subscribe for updates on new episodes, exclusive content, and more at myaglife.com.